0: To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit www.inspire2022.org.
1: Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, USCfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham.
2: Hello! To fans, welcome to the Parastyle Podcast on a Sunday, yeah, double weekend podcast with USC's bowl game on Friday. Didn't go so well, as you know, 49-24 loss to the Iowa Hawkeyes in the Holiday Bowl. We wanted to talk about that. That was a big deal, but then the next, the very next day, yesterday, right while we were about to record an emergency podcast with Dan Weber and Keely Yor, we find out three of the assistant coaches on staff will no longer be there, Clancy Pendergast, John Baxter, coaching defensive court, the defensive coordinator and special teams coach, respectively, were both fired. We know Joe DeForest took a job at North Carolina State as the safeties coach, so he's no longer the outside linebackers coach. We'll talk to the coach, Harvey Hyde, about all of that, where USC goes from here. If you have any questions or comments, and man, you guys do. We uh, did a whole show yesterday, got a whole bunch of questions out of the way, and just overnight, a whole bunch more came in. I think we had 30 voicemails over the past couple of days. Absolutely insane, but we want to try to get to them all. We got a lot of them in the queue and we'll answer to the best of our ability. If you want to call us or send us or leave us a text, you can do that. 424 254 9141 is the number. And if you'd rather email us, we got a lot of emails too. Podcast at USCFootball.com. Make sure you subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, tune in. Anywhere you can get a podcast, make sure you uh, subscribe, leave a nice note for us. Maybe a positive feedback, a five-star rating is always awesome. That helps. And tell a friend. If you know someone that likes USC football, let them know about the Peristyle podcast if they don't already know about it. And uh, hopefully they become a regular listener. And thank you for being a regular listener or part-time listener, however you listen to the show. We do appreciate you taking some time out of your day to listen to us. All right, enough of the uh, rambling on. Let's bring in the coach. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. Go to his website, harveyhyde.com. He had some radio this morning. He's doing the podcast now. We are ready to talk some USA football with the coach. How are you doing, coach?
0: Brian, I'm doing great. Uh, You know, I know a lot of people are depressed and upset and all of the above, and you have a reason to be. When you ever get beat in a bowl game, the worst since, what, 1948. You have reasons of concern. So I know we have a lot of uh, messages or questions to answer. So rather than me go on our rant and rave about what I saw. And I know everyone saw the same game, no matter if you were there in person or on television or listening to the game. Let's talk about that and let's try to answer all the questions these people
3: have.
2: Yeah. All right. Let's do that, coach. We got a text from Charlie. Uh, He says, hope you had a nice Christmas. Still can't believe Iowa put up 49 points on us. I never have turned a game off, but I did Friday night. I think they should hire Jack Del Rio as defensive coordinator. Get Chris Claiborne in there as a GA, as linebackers coach. Thanks and Happy New Year from Charlie.
0: Well, you know, you just can't jump to a conclusion on what will be the best thing for the USC coaching situation and football team itself. You've got a very dejected bunch of players. You've got coaches that are dejected. You've got fans that are dejected. You have football or ex-football players, alumni that are dejected when you hear Reggie Bush and Matt Leinhart describe it after the game, and these are hardcore USC fans say they're our coach in every area of the game, hey, that means it's pretty serious. So you've got, you can't correct things until you know what the problem is. And until you can identify that or have the ability to identify what the problem is, you shouldn't jump into the correction of things. And unless there's been a long-time plan on what they're going to do and then they're doing it awful quickly. Now I think they did that a lot, so it would sort of shut up the media and because everybody would be talking about special teams and defense, forty nine points, it's never improved, all of this and that. So they went ahead and did that. Now whose decision was that? Was that Coach Clay Helton's or was it Mike Bone? And who's going to be hiring the new coaches, Clay Helton or Mike Bone? You know, who do these coaches work for when they come in? Who does Graham Harrell work for? Does he work for Mike Bone, or does he work for Clay Helton? Who does he answer to? Well, you know, these are all the things that have to be decided, and you have to decide how you're going to fix what's going on and who you're going to replace that with these coaches and who the assistants are that are available to make it happen. So until you identify what you need to do right now to fix the USC Trojan football program, firing through two defensive coaches and one moving on was you smart enough to do that, Uh, you've you've got a problem. So you've got a lot to, you know, you've got recruiting coming along again, and that's not going to be very successful. That's my prediction. So you've got to be able to identify that and do what's best. And right now I've got my ideas of what's best for the program, but maybe somebody will ask that question and I'll discuss it. But right now, currently, you've got a football program that people that wear the Trojan hat and jersey and whatever t-shirt, they've thrown it in the back of the closet, and you don't see many of them around. But they're not proud to be a Trojan. Yeah. They're embarrassed to be a Trojan. They're embarrassed to be a Trojan because when they wear it around, people look at you and say, what happened? Iowa beat you at your own game. Line up and pound you, play action, pass, have one great receiver, and I mean a great receiver, number six Smith, Marcetti. I think that's the way you pronounce his last name, how they utilized him. In the passing game, running game, counters, all of the above. It's not the number of athletes you have. It's how you utilize those those athletes in your offense, your defense, and all of above. And I won't go any farther because we have a lot of questions.
2: Sure. Uh we got one from Curtis of Marino Valley. He says, Hey coach, if uh Keaton Slovis doesn't get hurt after the onside kick recovery, USC wins that game. Well, USC was actually losing at the time, but I you know, I think they would have a better chance to win the game, Curtis. He says, Iowa's top five defense was being shredded by, and he put in all caps, Clay Helton's offense, while Slovis was in the game. Only one punt. We would have outscored them, but as it stands, what kind of defensive coordinator would you hire? Can't wait to hear. You know, everyone is listening. You would be giving the coach great advice. Maybe you can run the defense and bring in your own people to replace who needs to go. You could convince Clay to practice hard, if they hired you to run the defense, Curtis in Marino Valley. Uh, two points there, well, Co- Cur- coach. What do you do? You, so if Slovis doesn't get hurt, USC was still losing that game. That was a great momentum part, but USC wasn't stopping Iowa. You said USC only punted once. Well, they returned the ball over, and they also, and Iowa wasn't punting either. So I'm, I'm not sure that's like a foregone conclusion that USC wins if Slovis doesn't get hurt.
0: No, and I agree with you on that, Ryan. And uh, Curtis, you know that too just a matter of time until he got hurt jt daniels went out the same way and he got hurt hit earlier in the game and they thought he might have had a concussion then later on he got his elbow injured when you're in one spot all the time and they're putting a rush on you and you know where he is there's no movement of the pocket there's no play action pass but there's no running game when you're up for 22 yards who cares about the run five rushes i think in the first half all they do is play pass so They come after you. And, of course, they do different types of stunts and blitzes, and they were dominated. The left side of USC's offensive line was just dominated. So, you know, it's just a a matter of time. Now the main thing is how do they do spring practice to get better for Alabama? They got JT Daniels out. I don't know how long uh, Kenan Solis would be out. Matt Frank, what, is he going to be the starter? I don't know. Uh, So there's so many problems now within the football program as far as the air raid attack when you look at the air raid attack washington state ended up six and seven uh kingsbury got fired at texas tech and then moved on to uh, arizona he that's how he got to to usc uh then uh graham harrell comes in and yes they throw the ball around but do they have a complete package of offense no when you snap the ball in a short yardage situation down by the goal line. And the offensive back or the the running back Malapia is five or six yards deep. Not only that, the snap goes over their head, and they're pinching and dominating in the front of the line anyway. Iowa, how do you expect to make it? Well, I mean, what you're thinking on this? I don't understand. When you can go under center, maybe quarterback sneak or or do different things that you do, and you prepare yourself, you can't be one dimensional. How many times can I say that, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, how many? Teams you see winning championships, big championships, that throw the ball every down. Now, you can throw the ball, just like uh, Trevor Lawrence did. And why did that happen all of a sudden? How many times have I told all of you that when you run a one-back offense, your quarterback has got to be an athlete that runs the ball also? Well, USC doesn't believe in that. So they have one running back. Everybody keys that one running back. He takes you to play. Every time two backs come in or the tight end comes in, it's a run. Every play. So, how difficult is that for the defense? Not difficult at all. So it's like Pop Warner football. Really, it's it's not very smart. So you've got to be able to find out why these things are happening. And if Clay Helton doesn't see what the what's the missing parts in the offense, then you're never going to get better. Okay. And you heard me say last spring, Ryan, that I didn't buy in on this. I did not buy in on passing the football like this at USC. That's not what USC wins with. You've got to be able uh, – I mean, Trevor Lawrence, why did that championship game open up where he could win that game for Clemson? Why? Because he started running the football. And when he started running the football, the secondary second was thinking of more run than they were past, and that's when he started to run the ball and dump the ball off to the back over the middle, and he ran in for a touchdown. Okay? But USC doesn't have that. They throw the ball every single down. How many draws do they run? How many screens do they run? Look at Iowa the other night. How many screens did they run? A couple to the tight end, to the back, so on. Things. There's no real theory of what's going on with their offense. So that's my thoughts on that.
2: All right. Uh, why don't we go to a voicemail, Coach. I'll play this one for you. We have a lot of them today, but this is the first one.
4: Ryan, Coach Hyde, Franco from the East Coast. Happy unranked in the final polls. End of the season to you. Uh Once again, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Iowa, 28 pass attempts, uh, 27 running back rushes. USC, 48 pass attempts, 13 running back rushes. Coach Hyde, you've said in the past that the air raid is a gimmick offense. It's what you do when you have a talent deficiency against the other team. And I think maybe instead of us all ripping Clay, and the uh, AD and the president of the school, maybe they're visionaries. Because what's coming down the pike in recruiting, we're going to be at the talent disadvantage pretty soon. So it'll be good that we have the gimmick offense, and so maybe once in every now and then we'll pick off a uh, a higher ranked team. That's where this is going. Well, don't despair. Have a happy new year. Brighter days are ahead. Take care, guys.
0: Well, we just sort of answered that question, but let me continue with that answer. That's exactly what I'm talking about. If you remember correctly, I think it was last spring, and Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. Clay Hilton described the air raid offense as playing basketball on the football field. Well, normally, when you play basketball, if you get touched or get a foul, the guy goes to the free throw line. Well, that's not the type of football that's being played at Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame. We can go through all those schools, okay? They don't play that type of football. You've got to learn to play it the tough way before you do it the easy way. You know, I used to say, we're going to learn the tough things before we do anything that's easy. We're going to block stunts. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And when you guys are able to do that, then we'll do some other things, okay? We're going to run this one play until we run this one play right against what we're going to how we're going to block it, the different various, uh, different various ways of blocking it, and so on. Well, when you do everything at one time, It's all confusion, because how do you correct it? It's, oh, well, he did this, I did that, I don't know what did, nobody knows what's going on. I mean, I don't know. So I agree with you. I mean, Iowa beat USC with USC's philosophy, physical, disciplined, hard-nosed football. I mean, really, when you looked at those kids and you watched the domination and how they were together and the way they uh, did their game, now, I'm not going to try to take anything away from the USC football players. They play hard. But remember coach is a teacher and his job is to put all players in a position with the best of his ability that let them or allow them to be successful. And if you don't utilize your personnel or put them in that right type of position, then whose fault is it? If you have equal personnel, with everybody else. And uh, obviously uh, if you look at the recruiting uh, rankings over the last several years, Iowa doesn't compare with USC's, but their development of players and how they utilize their players and the discipline in their program and all the players understanding why they do the things and the way they cover the field with counters, reverses, all the different things that keep your defense so off balance that they do it all well. They go into center, they quarterback sneak, they do play-action pass, they do all the different things when they have to, and they have what you call everything in their package. Well, USC doesn't. It's one-dimensional. And uh, they don't want to run the ball at USC. It's just something they do to keep people honest, but it doesn't work, okay? You've got to really believe in it, and you've got to be athletic. And what they do, since their quarterbacks are not the running type of quarterbacks, then you've got to have the extra blocker in there because your quarterback can't run around, and you've got to have the extra blocker plus the opportunity of two running backs, and that's what they should be doing. But of course, I've been saying that for a long period of time, so we'll see what
2: happens. All right, let's go back to the emails, uh, Steve in the Bay Area. Man, this is a—he wrote a book, uh, a lot of points, a lot of good stuff, Steve. This is a great message board post. So if you got, you know, if you're going to write like multi-paragraph emails, go to USAFootball.com, go to the Fight On forum or the Peristyle. Write it out there as a message board post. Great play. You'll get a lot of reaction. People will reply to it and stuff. Just way too much to, to read here on the podcast. So sorry about that. Mario in Tucson, mediocrity is the title of his email. He says, Hello, Coach Hyde and Ryan Abraham. Thanks for your show. Welcome in a long term era of mediocre USC football. I remember watching John McKay's teams, and now we have reached an all time low. Football is still a game of tackling and blocking. Sorry. Uh, You don't win games with nice guys coaching. Maybe after I am reincarnated, the real fight on USC football will be back. Thanks again, Mario in Tucson.
0: Well, you know, I agree with you. Uh, I think that you have to be physical, and you have to know that football is a physical game, and you have to be willing to sacrifice and do the things that are necessary to win. Everybody's trying to win, and uh, they want to win at a different level when you talk about championships, so you really got to be. Uh, tuned in. You know, I think at a point, and I don't mean to be uh, that all kids in the West are a little bit different, but the kids that are on USC's teams and the West Coast teams are too Hollywood. Uh, the players, as far as their actions, uh, there's no woodcutters, there's no coal miners, there's no wrestlers, as far as like in the Big Ten and other parts of the country when big guys wrestle each other, they don't have a tug of wars. It's one-on-one competition on the mat where you get after each other and you work on balance and strength and leverage. There's no snow shovelers here in sunny Southern California. And then they're really into social media, pictures, cockiness, entitlement. There's a lot of different things, and you got to knock that out. you got to be more involved in what the results of the game is and what it takes to win because other guys take this game pretty serious. And you could see that in Iowa and the pride that Iowa had, and how they were talking about Bump Elliott and Hayden Fry, who was a personal friend of mine, and what Hayden Fry brought to their program and the success, and so on. I mean, these players don't even know who Hayden Fry is, uh, or or John McKay is. I don't think they do, or maybe they don't even know or remember Pete Carroll. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I know they remember Reggie Bush because. Uh, Steps got a 15-yard penalty for tossing him the football and wanted to be just like him, yet the university doesn't do anything with the NCAA to get that corrected where Reggie Bush can be in recruiting and be on campus and all these different things. So, you know, uh, how are they helping themselves? Like I said earlier, you can't correct the problem if you don't understand what's wrong. And I think that's the best way to answer it.
2: All right. Uh, Let's see. We'll go to... Jack in New Jersey, I had to edit this down because, again, this is, uh, we can't do these really long ones, people. Uh, USC Football says, Dear Ryan, I am numb today from last night's loss. I really and truly believe USC had enough talent to beat Iowa. You would be correct, Jack. Uh, last night truly proved what an inferior coach Clay Helton is. Kirk Ferentz took uh, Helton to school and then some, totally out-coaching him. Clay is 2-3 in bowl games, but as I have said in the past, James Franklin is not a very g- good coach. And lost that game for Penn State as much as USC won it. Uh, Coach Hyde often talks about getting the best surgeon if you need one. Well, it appears USC has chosen the surgeon from the Geico commercials to head the the football team into the operating room. Just all right is not all right, especially at USC. I think that's an AT&T commercial, not a Geico commercial. But we get what you're saying, Jack. He says, if the administration thinks that the reputation, academic reputation alone will carry USC, think again. Uh, He went on and on, but I'll say, I'm pissed. Jack from New Jersey.
0: Well, Jack, I think, uh, you know, you're basically saying what everybody's saying, that uh, the program isn't where it's supposed to be and where it's headed. And and, uh, what are they going to do to fix it? Uh, When you watch the Iowa coaches work their game plans and magic against USC, it was fun to watch really was. They're a the thing that goes on in the game that Prince is not part of. Every single thing. From time, timeouts to blitzes that are called, to offensive plays that are called. Every single thing he's a part of. When they have a huddle on the side of the field, he's a part of that. He goes to the sideline. He does what's that. He's in control of the game. He's the pilot of the ship. Okay? Now, sometimes when I watch a USC sideline, I see a lot of indecision, confusion, things that really shouldn't be there on this level of football on this level of football as far as you know USC is an Alabama or at least it's supposed to be Uh, I'll tell you they're going to open with Alabama next year and right now Nick Saban's not too happy about not being in the championship game and believe me their spring is going to be something else believe me so you better get ready for that type of team because that's who people expect you to be and everyone was talking about how important this bowl game was, at least I was, as far as somewhat looking uh, to the future with a little optimism. And right now there's no optimism in recruiting, with the players, with the future, what's going to happen. So it's a it's serious problem. And yeah. the only way it's corrected, Brian, and if I'm going too long, just interrupt me, no, you're fine. is the regents have got to talk to the president and the president's got to understand how important it is to USC, the future of USC, the donors at USC, and the school, as far as them having the type of program that they expect to play in that championship game or a semi-championship game. And unless she understands that, and Mike Bowen understands that, or whatever's necessary, you don't just say he's a nice guy and I like Clay Helton, as you do. But that's not getting it done, my man. So you got to have a little nastiness in you, and don't mistake kindness for weakness. And I think that's one thing you have to do.
2: All right, yeah, we do. That's what, and I, I talked about this on the show yesterday. Uh, we both really like Clay Helton. It doesn't mean we think he's doing a good job. I don't think he is. I don't. Um, you know, I think Clay Hel- I mean, Coach Harvey Hyde, you've been pretty clear. Um, but I, I don't want it when fans. I don't like when fans get personal about it. Uh, he gets paid, you know, three million, three and a half million bucks, or whatever it is, to do his job. If we don't feel he's doing a good job. I mean, the u- university should go in a different direction, but that's uh, that's what they've not they've not decided that yet. So we'll see. All right, let's go to another voicemail. Here's uh, next one. A lot of a lot of upset USC fans, as you can you can tell, Coach.
3: Oh yeah, so, I can see that. John Ochs here. This bowl loss to Iowa is a preview of how well the USC will play next season. You can give credit to the athletic director and the president of USC. They clearly made the wrong decision in retaining Hilton and his incompetent coaching staff. It was never more evident that this team was not ready to play. They won't be ready to play next season as well. So I look forward to them getting stomped game after game next season. This is a sad time in the history of USC football.
0: Well, I think that's what we all agree upon. It is a sad time as far as for people who know what USC football is all about, except some of the people don't realize what USC football is that work there, or understand the understanding of the importance of what the people feel about USC football. And, you know, I think Clay Helton has had a, a tremendous career as far as 10 years at USC, which is pretty good longevity for a head football coach. And I think you have to evaluate the whole period of time and what's gone on and the number of changes that have gone on and the number of staff members that he's hired and fired and what's happened to them. And then you finally look at it and you say, hey, this peacemaking or glue or Band-Aid thing that we're doing just doesn't work. It's time that we, uh, what do you say, either bury the hatchet or whatever that term is and it's time to start fresh. I mean, I'm talking about from the whole program you change the locks on every door and whoever that person that comes in has a complete say of how to run the football program not having mike bone the athletic director tell me who to hire and tell me what i should do as far as my football coach if he has to help him hire coaches why don't you get rid of him i mean you should have somebody that uh, if you come in my office what do you need I'm trying to get something done. Yes, sir. Okay. I'll meet you later. We'll do that. Uh, Leave me alone. Let me coach this football team. I know how to win, or you wouldn't have hired me. And uh, they're just in that attitude. Everybody's trying to help everybody. And like you said, Ryan, you pay somebody, I don't know, what, two, three million dollars a year you have to assist them? Are you kidding me? What are you paying that for? So uh, that's my feeling on that. And I don't know how many of you might agree or disagree with me but it's my opinion.
2: Yeah. No, and that's that's what fans want. They're like at this, you know, how many times can you change assistant coaches? You have to the only way to change the culture is from the top. And I think fans realize that more than anybody right now and you know, fans can be crazy. They can be fanatical. Yeah, I don't like it when they get personal and the things like that, but coach to me the fans are right. Like they they know what's going on. They feel like the administration is not listening to them. And that's why they're this upset right now, and and I can't blame them. They are correct. Like this is the wrong decision. Um, the last time USC lost, you know, uh, had five losses in back-to-back seasons was the Paul Hackett era, and you know that didn't go well. Th- this should not be acceptable. Losing twelve games over the last two seasons with the roster USC has is a fireable offense. Enough. Getting the worst recruiting class in the in the Pac-12. And 64th out of 65 Power 5 teams alone is a fireable offense. There have been plenty of things. There's there's plenty of reasons, plenty of evidence why USC shouldn't have Clay Elton as the head coach. And that's why the fans are upset. And the administration continues to do nothing. And they just feel like they don't have a voice right now.
0: Well, honestly, uh you know, the fans are pretty strong. They're football people. They know what's going on. And they have an opinion, too. Uh, but obviously, the administration has their thoughts, and as I said earlier, I don't know if they know what's going on. I mean, starting from the top down. I mean, I I think they ought to listen to these podcasts and read the newspapers and find out just what people think. And I don't know what they think, but if they think everything's going the correct way, then wow, I'll tell you what, uh, please tell us about it. Have a press conference, talk about it. But right now, uh, I don't see how... They think everything's rosy at at at, uh, at USC. I mean, hey, I, I wouldn't want to go to class Monday, January the 13th, if I was a player. I'd be embarrassed to walk around and have everybody say, don't worry, it's all right, you won eight games, you know, this and that. Hey, that's, that's a tough thing to go through. And again, you know, you talk about recruiting and so on. Well, recruiting will always go good at receivers because that's stats. Everybody's looking at stats, not victories. And you got to look at victories, what it takes to win, not stats. So Heisman Trophy candidates and winners come from teams that win, not teams that just have stats. Yeah. So I think it's very important that somebody gets the, the message out to the people, like you say, that are listening and understand football. And I'm not sure people understand football, and it started way back when Pat Hayden was hired. And What experience did he have as an athletic director? What experience did Lynn Swan has as an athletic director? And uh, how did they help the athletic department? Yeah. They passed on Ed Orgeron, or Pat Hayden did, for what reason, and Ed's playing in the national championship game. So, Pat, if you had to do it over, would you reconsider it? Or did you do it for the right reason? I'm not sure. Yeah. But Pat had his reasons and they were wrong.
2: They were. Uh you could say a lot of things about Pat Hayden and most of the stuff he most of his decisions were just flat wrong. Uh let's go to the next voicemail. Here you go. Hi Ryan, Coach guys,
5: everybody. Um, Dan, uh, US Dan In Los Angeles. Um, I'm very pissed. I'm, I'm very mad right now. Um, why this? This is crazy. How USC still has this coaching staff, this coach. I don't care what money they give him to hire somebody. This man needs to be fired. He needs to be gone now. I'm done. I'm, like, it hurts me to say, but I'm completely done watching USC. I'll check in the stats. I'll check in the scores at the end of the game next season. I'll listen to you guys, see what happened in the game, but expecting nothing. I completely expect nothing but the bottom of the barrel for this team next year. If they win five games, six games, good. I mean, they're better than the bottom. But they're not shooting from the stars. They're not shooting for the moon. They're not even shooting for my ceiling. Right now they're shooting for the top of a piece of grass on the ground. If they get higher than that next season, then I guess they're doing great. But this is crazy. This one Carol like she I don't understand. She came from a program that was North Carolina basketball that was serious and winning. Why is she not understanding this about football? Is she crazy? Is everyone in the school crazy right now? Like is if if, do you have to be an idiot to make a million dollars at USC these days? Like I can go work for USC and be, make a million dollars and be an idiot if that's the case and just keep everybody there. Um, uh oh.
2: fight on. Go <laughs> USC basketball. Go USC basketball. Well, nice. Um, well, yeah. Can you be an idiot coach and make a million dollars? Nice.
0: No, it is. And uh, I think you're right. When you get paid that kind of money, you obviously ought to know what's going on. And, you know, you can't protect your assistant coaches always. You know, if you remember, well, probably people know that Brian Kelly fired his offensive coordinator during the break time. Uh, something didn't wasn't right there, and he just did it, and he was going to call the plays in the game. They did pretty good against Iowa State. So you have to have the ability as a head football coach, and I've done it, that if my special teams aren't working right, I just say I'm coaching the special teams, you go down and play in the sandbox or whatever. Because you can't continue to have those type of breakdowns in special teams, offense, defense, whatever, offensive line. And unless you coached all these positions, and I was very fortunate. I've been a defensive coach, I've been an offensive coach, I've been a line coach, I've done it all, running back coach, quarterback coach, so I could coach these positions, special teams coach, and unless you're a head coach that understands all these things and understands what's working and what isn't working and why on short yardage we're not getting it done or why we don't have these things on our offense or how can our contain break down all the time and why don't we have speed guys on the edges, like everybody else that's just harassing the quarterbacks all the time. And the way we're getting harassed all the time, what are you watching the same film? I am or what? So, you know, I'm just saying that uh, you put the players in a position where they should be able to perform their talent and be able to put them. You're responsible for coaching. You're responsible, not for one position, but as a head football coach, you're responsible for every position, including recruiting. And the final decision on a player. Now, they talk about their filling their needs as far as in the spring or this early signing period. They're all big offensive linemen, and all they want to do is get in your way. And that's why they did that. They want to get big guys for pass blocking. They just get in your way, like Washington State does. They're all 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, whatever. And they just stand up and block to the inside or block and, and uh, pass the ball every single down. But they can't get off the football or do the things that are necessary to run the football. So I read through all this stuff when somebody says, fulfilling our needs, guys are three stars, they're 6'6", 300 pounds. Why? They are because they want to just get in somebody's way and pass block. Okay, so the future is air raid. Okay, get used to it. I'm not sure if that's a a pest killer. I mean, in there an air raid or whatever there is, I'm not sure what it is. But it's going to kill USC football, if you do, and you're just one-dimensional. And people don't understand that, but I'm telling you that. Just watch. You've got to be able to do it all and be ready for every type of down-distance situation.
2: Yeah. Trojan the Barber sent us an email. Coach, he says, so Helton fired again, more staff members. What's going on? This is the third time he has done this since he's been the head coach. Is it normal for something like this to happen for a football team where all the staff is constantly getting changed besides the head coach? Please wake me up from this nightmare. This is absolute crap. How does Clay Elton have, quote, integrity when he can't even look in the mirror and see that the problem is him, not the staff fully? He is in charge of the practice schedule. He is in charge of the culture around the program, not the staff. USC is a real dumpster fire right now. How can we make a statement and take our university back, or do we have to sit back and watch our beloved team crumble like this? Trojan the Barber. Woo, good, e- good email, Trojan the Barber.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, guys, you build a new, renovated coliseum. People were supposed to go to the coliseum to watch what they thought would be a great product, okay? Attendance is going to drop down, and this beautiful coliseum without the rams there and, and so on is, is going to put a dent in the income for the Athlete Department at USC. And if people cancel tickets and television revenue is not what it's supposed to be, and all the different things that you'll never catch up. Because the athletic department at USC is separate than the regular general budget. They have to generate all their funds through television revenue, donations, sales, marketing, all that stuff, radio income, television income, whatever. So if this gets cut back, as it looks like it will be as far as the way people are talking, then it's going to make it doubly hard to do it. And I thought there was some excitement for a moment in USC football immediately following the season. And it probably was misread by all of us as far as the intent of the university probably or possibly being interested in Urban Meyer. I think people were excited about that. Excited about somebody new, somebody that, that they knew who had won before. But obviously, the administration and them weren't excited about that. I didn't want to go that direction. But I'll tell you what, if you'd have hired him, the university, you wouldn't be worrying about tickets. You wouldn't be worried about if they have the right offense and the right defense and the right staff. You wouldn't be worried about any of that, okay? Right. And, and my bone wouldn't be coming and telling me who to hire him, who to hire. He could go on and be an athletic director. And eventually you've got to do this if you want to keep football at that level. Do, do it and bring somebody that's done it before. But no, that wasn't what they wanted to do. So they should tell us why they didn't want to do that. He tried to explain that, you know, everything's going along great. Well, if it's going along great, then why don't you tell us about how great it really is?
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's not that great. Uh, all right, let's, uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back. We've still got a bunch more questions. We'll uh, try to get through them all. Thanks again for sending them all in. We'll do our best to uh, get to all of them. So back in a minute.
1: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, we're
2: back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Let's go to our next uh, voicemail. Here you go.
3: Nick from San Pedro, California. Just got done watching this embarrassment on TV. We look terrible on all assets from Offense, defense, special teams, and I hope the president and the athletic director took a long, hard look at what was on the field and own up to what they signed up for for the next years by keeping Clay Helton on as a coach. It was an embarrassment to even be in the Holiday Bowl, let alone to get waxed by Iowa. It's really unbelievable that this is continuing on. And to look at this, if I was a recruit, uh, if I was a kid getting recruited or a parent, I'm a Trojan till I die, but I would tell my kid to rethink it. And that's sad to say.
2: Wow. A little depressing uh, voicemail there, Coach, but a lot of fans feel embarrassed. I mean, I, it's hard to disagree. They didn't look good on especially defense and special teams and offense You know when Slovis went down was pretty terrible, uh, and he wants the president and the athletic director to take a long, hard look at this. So I, I get what he's saying.
0: No, I understand what he's saying, and uh, the embarrassment, I said it earlier. The fans, the players, everybody's embarrassed. And uh, I don't see how anybody after the game or any other time can say that uh, we played hard, we did this, we got our coach, we did this, and they played better than us. Well, yeah, Why? What are they doing different than what you're doing? Practicing different, running different offense, running different defense? Why? I mean, uh, you know, we're going to clean it up. We're going to do these different things. That lasts for a while. But over the period of years, those certain problems with the offense, the defense, and the special teams have been there. And there hadn't been any uh done to that. I mean, don't get me wrong when I say this. I think T. Martin's offense, and I call it 31 Flavors, was more concrete and solid than what the offense are running now.
6: Wow! All and right. I
0: wasn't really, and I wasn't really happy about that offense because it was one from everywhere. But somehow they moved the football and did things. But right now, when you're one dimensional and that's all you do is pass the football, as Clay Helton said, and I said it earlier, playing basketball on a football field. Hey, that's not football, and people don't like it. They're afraid to say that. They got all excited, but they gave him extension and paid him $1.2 million a year. But that was just putting a Band-Aid on their problem. So, you know, uh, and I think as this gentleman said and others, if you don't, uh, it starts at the top. And if they're happy with what's going on, as Mike Bone is. Now, let's go back with Mike Bone's history, okay? He was at San Diego State, hired a couple of guys there. I think they had to fire them. Then he went to Colorado, hired, I think, three coaches there. Now, correct me, Ryan, if I'm wrong. They fired all three of those coaches. He went to Cincinnati, and who did he hire? An assistant on Urban Meyer's staff. Isn't that amazing? He hired a guy from Ohio State that came over and turned that program around, and they were winning. Now you have Urban Meyer right in L.A., and I don't know if he pushed for it or not. Now you're getting the teacher, not the student or the pupil. You got a chance for this. What are you looking at? I mean, I don't understand it, but again, it's very difficult for us. I've been a, uh, you know, a fan for USC for so many years as far as uh, wanting to coach there. Came close, uh, sent players there, many. They played, having great relationships with USC's coaches, Craig Fertig, Mark Gooh, it goes on, Mel Hine. That sort of tells you my age, John McKay. I did a show with John McKay every Super Bowl. For two hours. That's Every great. Super Bowl. He got on he got on the phone and wouldn't get off, okay?
2: That's so funny.
0: And and uh it was it was great because he's a legend. And uh he was the type of guy that when he looked at you, he scared you, okay? Now he got the potential out of his players. And he used to say, My ex is bigger than you're old, so if we don't screw it up, we're gonna win the football game. But if my coaches screw it up, it's our fault, not the players' fault. And he just told you the way it was. And I think this is the type of program at USC that that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's what people expect, but everybody's afraid to admit to that.
2: Yeah. agree with you there, coach. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm going to read Rick from LA. We won't comment. I mean, he, we've talked about all these already, but he had a text and a, a, a PS I wanted you to hear. He said, Hey Ryan and coach. I know we want the entire coaching staff fired, but we are still keeping clay. Is there any way Clay can do like the Notre Dame, like Notre Dame did, and actually make this work? Also, who would be your top targets for d- defensive coordinators and special teams coaches? Unless Bone has a come to Jesus moment and he hires Urban Meyer, we're stuck. Great show as always, and Happy New Year to you all. Fight on. P.S. Run the damn ball, uh, Rick in LA. Um, yeah, I don't, You can comment on that if you want, Coach. Sure.
0: Well, let me tell you how important a head football coach is. Okay. You take Nick Saban at Alabama. He loses three or four coaches a year. I think last year he lost five coaches. They all go on to be head football coaches, offensive coordinators, whatever. Yet his teams win. Okay, so it's a head football coach as far as his philosophy, what he expects from his coaches, what he expects from the players, and the discipline that's there from everyone. Okay, sure they lost what two games this year, and he's upset about that. Okay, well I think they're eleven and two. Oh my gosh, and he is upset. So he's going to let people know he's not happy. The players, the coaches and everything, but he knows why he's not unhappy, why he's unhappy. And he lets people know why he's unhappy. And if somebody's not doing their job, that guy's not going to be there because he says, there's no hope for this coach. He doesn't understand it. So I've got to make a change to this position or I'll recommend him for another job so we can play against him, which sometimes happens. So, Unless you know why you're not good at something, how do you fix it? So Nick Saban can lose three, four assistants a year. Last year, I think it was five and still win. It's because he's in charge and knows what it takes to win, and he knows what he expects, and he has his philosophy. So that's why they win every year. Dabble, Sweeney's the same except he doesn't lose his coaches because he pays both coordinators over two millions a year. Yeah. And Orgeron went to LSU had made a couple of changes. The AD let him do what he needed to do. He got rid of a couple of guys, offensive coordinators, and they paid him off at a million and a half a year for him to bring in who he needed. And it's paid off. And you watch Ed coach, he lets them do their job, but you don't want him on your butt either because he knows what it takes to win. And players love to play for him and they love him because he's a people person. And, uh, so that's why Alabama wins and that's why LSU is playing for the national championship. Sweeney's playing for a national he had a, ch- a playing for a national championship because they know what they need and what they do and they need to keep their certain coaches. And coaches like are you going to hire away somebody from Clemson to come to USC as the defensive coordinator? Hell no. Why would you leave there? They come to USC for what? You're maybe part-time for a while and then you're gone you got to live in one of the most expensive cities in the in the world. So you've got to have a product wipe. Somebody wants to come there. If I go there, I'll get a head football coaching job there. So if they get a great defensive coordinator, may, they might. I mean a great defensive coordinator. You might have to make a promise to him that he's going to be the next head football coach at USC. Yeah. Or that's, something like that. That's what's going to be appealing. Go,
2: that that would, be, would be appealing to take the job is they could take over for Clay Held if he gets fired, you know.
0: Yeah, one of those type of things. And some of the people's names they're mentioning aren't capable of that. They can be great assistant coaches and so on, but is that what you want? I mean, I think you're talking about a level of coaches that... that, (laughs) I think USC's better than that, okay? As far as quality of experience, being in the big lights, uh, kids have seen them develop players to another level. I mean, I'm talking about... USC, I'm not talking about why I went to school, the University of Redlands, okay? But soon the Redlands will be trying to schedule them.
2: <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's go to the next voicemail, Coach. Here you go. Hi, this message is either
6: for Ryan, Dan, or even the coach, Harvey Hyde. In light of all the coaching controversy that has occurred over this past season, do you sense a change in attitude within the administration to the football program? Do you also sense that the administration feels that if they have a good, clean football program that competes at a fairly decent level, that that's about all that they're going to look for or that they're looking for? I'd like your opinions on that. Excellent uh, podcast. It's very therapeutic. And uh, thanks, Ryan, for the uh, almond butter granola a uh, suggestion from Trader Joe's. I incorporate that into my uh, morning meal also, so it's terrific. Thanks again. Yeah, glad this you like John it. John, and I'm uh, from Dustin.
2: Thanks, John. Glad you like that. I do uh, like to have that for breakfast. But it's true, Coach. I mean, do you feel like – is the administration happy? Do the, the fans want USC to win championships, and administration just wants the football team to make some money and doesn't really care about the high-level stuff?
0: Well, I'll tell you what. If I was Mike Bone and I took over as athletic director, he came in all, uh, you know, talking about the tradition and wearing the red tie or the Cardinal tie and doing all that. That's just image stuff. I want to see what he's going to do about it, okay? And I've never met the man, okay? But when he first came in, he was saying the right things. But, you know, I don't want to hear you say things. I want to see you do things. And. If I'd have gone up and said, I want to talk to Urban Meyer and I talked to the president or I want to talk to Bob Suits or I want to talk to somebody and the president told me, no, we don't want them. I'd have said, hey, you know what? I'm going back to Cincinnati. I didn't come out here to be uh, a chauffeur or to take all the, the hits that we're going to take from the athlete department. I mean, about these decisions. So I just wonder just what's going on with him. I mean, is he happy or is he going to bail he should go back to Cincinnati if he doesn't have anything to say about all this. But, he, you know, he's sort of a, a guy that's disappeared. I mean, I see pictures of him, but he sort of disappeared. And occasionally you'll get a quote for him that I'm going to help him turn this program around. Hey, you weren't hired to coach the football team. You were hired to be the athletic director, okay? I'd love to meet the man where I could find out more about this, and he'll probably want to even talk to me. he listens to this podcast. But if he does know what he's talking about, he'll talk to me. And he'll tell me his reasoning, okay? Because I'll tell him my reasoning. So I'd love to have him on our show, invite him to come on any of my shows. Or I'll go down and drive down there and talk to him. I'm not, I just feel that, uh, that uh, where have you gone? Why did you do this? I mean, answer the questions. I mean, tell us if you had no decision in it. Tell us what your thoughts are. Why do you have to help him change football program? Aren't you confident enough that he can do it? Quit making those type of statements, but you look like a fool when you say those type of things, because you're contradicting yourself on keeping someone because he knows what he's doing and then saying, at the same time, you're going to help him. So I don't quite understand all of that part of him. And, and, uh, you know, he, he's a smooth cat, you know, and all those type of things. But, you know, uh, you know, that's, that's how I feel. You know, I just don't know if he's the type to give you a pat on the box, bat, bat on the back, and then disappear, tell you, and how can Clay Hilton keep saying, we're getting the support now. We're getting all the money, all the facilities, and everything we need. What are you talking about? You didn't? You weren't? What are you talking about? What support are you getting? Please be more specific. I mean, when you say these things, be more specific. So we could say, oh my God, you mean they didn't let you do this? Oh my God, you didn't even have this? So people could say, oh my God, did they... How could he win? What are you talking about? I mean, quit throwing those things out.
2: Yeah, I agree with you there, Coach. Uh, Billy wrote in uh, about tight ends. Why would a father let his four- or five-star high school tight end son sign with USC? Rarely in Helton's coaching years are USC tight ends used as past playmakers. For answers, I compare the L.A. Rams and how their tight ends are playing at a Pro Bowl rate. Take notice, offensive coordinator, loyal SC fan since McKay, Billy.
0: Well, yeah, you know, personally, I think it's one of the most important positions in football. If I was a a head football coach, i want my tight end to be 6'6", 6'8", 250 pounds at 260, tough guy like Gronkowski, a guy that can pound you, you can't cover him, you'll have pass interference, you're afraid to tackle him, Uh, you can go to him on drag, corners and everything, put the ball up there, and then you have to tackle the guy. Uh, I don't know, Uh, they don't really have tight ends at USC, they're... They're just big receivers and you know, that that's not what it's about. And plus you can block people on the run with a tight end like that on a linebacker blocking down and picking up people and so on. That's the type I, I used to think a tight end was one of the most important parts of a offensive football team. Look what it's done to New England was he's not around and other teams. So and look in the NFL, how much how much Ernst and these other guys are making big differences in the NFL. I I don't understand it. I really don't, but uh, for some reason at USC, they don't believe in the tight end because it's, it's I don't know, they get in the way, I guess. And if I was a tight end, I'd really consider, I mean, I hate to tell you this, but if you want to get any reps at all or have a chance to play more football, uh, you got to consider another spot. Yeah. And I don't want to get people to transfer, but if I was a parent, I'd really be concerned because it doesn't look like any future for a tight end at USC. And I feel sorry for those kids. Because they talk about we're going to utilize the tight end. How many times have we heard that in the fall and spring? We're going to throw the ball to the tight end more this year and do this and do that. I think it was less this year than ever, Ryan. I really do. I believe it. Uh, they're, they're, they're completely out of the game plan now and they ought to buy a ticket and set up with their parents. I really, I really think it'd be a lot easier on them.
2: Yeah, the the most they get involved is like as the H back, and you know we saw that happen in the Holiday Bowl some where they'd come in and basically be a lead blocker for the running back. That's how they were mostly used this year.
0: Well, yeah, and that's a Tennessee. Everybody knows that when they come in, oh, it's a run, it's a run, because you know, the ten don't they chart themselves or understand what defensive people do when they see that set? Yeah, or understand what they're doing he's going to carry the ball lead or come back across the other uh, back cross and pick up the backside uh, rush guy. I mean, my goodness. So why don't you send him back to the other side, bootleg, come around and hit him in the flat. I don't understand what they're doing. Really. I don't. So it's hard for me to comment.
2: All right. Um, I'm just going to read this comment from Ross class of 80. He says one of his father's mandates is, uh, he's a class of 50 of 1950 undergrad in 1953, uh, for medical school he says he has 32 mandates for being a man this is his father ross's father's mandates number 18 never rely on your wishbone and he spells it b-o-h-n like mike bone when circumstances mandate that you use your backbone again spelled the same way two coaches down one coach one ad and one school president to go ross class of 1980 uh interesting thanks for that one ross and we have a DJ from Houston. He says Clay Helton, the eternal optimist. After watching the debacle on display by our defense and special teams, and reading the post game recap, uh, I decided to look up some definitions that aptly describe our head coach. And one of the common phrases he likes to banter around after losses: optimistic. Someone deposed to take a. a disp- I'm sorry. Someone disposed, not deposed. Someone disposed to take a favorable view of events and to expect the most favorable outcome. Nailed it. Improve. To make improvements as by revision, addition, or change. Keyword, change. Now I'm going to provide three definitions that aptly describe our head coach and his post-game comments. Absurd. Contrary to all reason or common sense. See every post-game presser after losses. Delusional. Having false or unrealistic beliefs or opinions. Nailed it again. Insanity the act of repeating the same action and expecting a different result. I've concluded that our head coach and staff are utterly insane. If they expect the team to improve when we continue to repeat the same actions week after week, game after game, and year after year bleak without hope or encouragement, depressing, which aptly describes the state of our football program now and going forward. If we don't make wholesale changes across the board, including the head coach, that's what he's saying. DJ from Houston, long-time fan since he's six years old, over 40 years as a fan. So we got a, a – I guess there was a little bit of a dictionary le- learning there from uh, DJ from Houston. What do you think, Coach?
0: Well, uh, you know, I think we've uh, touched on all of that. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's basically said it all. And we're trying to uh, answer questions, and basically a lot of our – Questions we've answered today have to do with all of the above. And uh, like he said, it's uh, a sad day. Really, it's a sad state. Uh, it's almost like saying, when is the funeral? Uh, it's terrible. Or the memorial services. Because people don't see the bright side of the USC Trojan football program of the future, okay? And I think the kids look at it the same way. The recruits look at it the same way. I don't know what the administration is looking at. And I don't think Coach Helton has to tell me again. I'll be completely honest with you. Uh, I I understand you're a type of guy that won't lie. And you'll tell the truth. Uh, But I think who is he relying on to assist him with an assistant head coach or somebody that has been there? Well, he's never hired one of those type of guys uh, that, Consist him by going in the room like when I work with George Allen. I mean, uh, I would go in and shut the door and I'd say, "Coach, we can't do this," or "Coach, we got to do this," and we got a problem here and blah uh, blah 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 blah. And we go out and take care of it. And uh, you've got to have confidence in somebody. And I don't know who his confidence is in, whether it's a coach, or the athletic director, or whatever. But someone's got to, you know help him get this thing straightened away or it's going to be lights out and i'm surprised it hasn't happened but who knows you know i don't want to say what's going to happen i don't but i don't think they're going to make any coaching changes now i don't when you let assistant coaches go and they're blaming it on all the defensive coaches now and you know that they just point the finger now they're going to put the band-aid over there and Now everything's going to be all right. They gave Graham Harold a new three-year contract. Everything's beautiful over there, okay? Recruiting's going to really pick up, and this is going to happen and all this stuff. Well, okay. Well, let's see what
2: happens. Yeah. Uh, Here's another voicemail, Coach. Yes, Ryan. This is
3: Lee from the Bay Area. I have a question for Coach Harvey Howard. My question is, after watching a bowl game, I would like to ask some opinion. Which of the two coordinators would he say he would prefer? Um, I'm not saying anything negative against our USC office coordinator, but I think that he's not, as far as Vance, as far as Vance is the our offensive coordinator, I mean, I think he probably will be a good offensive coordinator one day. But then again, do we want someone learning their trade at USC? That's just my thought. Right
2: on. He
0: wants. So he wants to know who so, a great offensive coordinator would be, a defensive coordinator. Well,
2: he yeah. So I mean, most people have been criticizing the defensive coordinator, but. He's actually not real happy with Graham Harrell, thinking he's too young uh, for this job.
0: Well, I think I spoke on that earlier, and I agree with him. I mean, one great year at North Texas State hadn't proved anything to me. I mean, uh, when you get an offensive coordinator, I want one that has been there, been in big bowl games. I mean, he was a great player. Nothing against his playing ability. But I don't agree with his philosophy on the major college level as far as playing for a national championship or any of that. Okay, that's a different soft type of philosophy that you normally run the offense that you're running at USC at a team that you don't have as good of players, like they used to do with the Veer and the Wishbone, and what they do at Annapolis and Army and these things, and they do it really well, and they win. But that's running game. If you remember, Air Force beat Washington State this past week, 31-21, and there's was a running team execution against a team that throws the ball. And if you look at time of possession, Believe this or not, ladies and gentlemen, Armand, our, our Air Force had the ball 43 minutes. So, when did Washington State ever have the ball? 43 minutes out of 60? That's unbelievable because they ran the football and Washington State didn't know how to stop it. And the same thing about running the football when USC has nothing to practice against because they throw the ball all the time. So, how do they get tough to know how to stop the football and the run? And I think that on the defensive side of the football, they're just not sound. I mean, they don't ever stop, containment, pass rush, all the different things that are, that are necessary for a team to be sound. And uh, nothing off the edges, no pass rush, nothing with speed. You want speed on your defensive side of the football. And uh, if you don't play with speed anymore on defense, you don't get it done. And you saw one guy with speed did on the offensive side of the football for Iowa, number six. So, you know, he, he just turned it on. I mean, people had angles at him and everything else. No way in heck. It was absolutely – it was embarrassing to see people trying to run and catch him on the kickoff return and the counter and the reverse and all these different things that he did. Uh, I mean, now that's a guy. That's what you call a football player. And I think that's what people should look at as an example.
2: Um, Coach, you talked about uh, Clay Helton and and, not wanting to lie to people or not lying to people. There's other fans that don't feel that way. They feel like he actually has lied. I mean, a lot of it is him being very optimistic, like our other emailer said. Uh, But I I feel like sometimes he's just kind of not not really saying the truth, I guess you could say. David Costa Mesa wrote in about that. He says, how is uh, Coach Helton repeatedly standing in front of the media and make statements that are factually false? It happens all the time. The most recent example was during his recruiting press conference when he talked about the, quote, outstanding recruiting class, knowing full well that this class is historically the worst class ever at USC. And he doubles down on the same narrative with follow-up questions are asked. My question is, is Coach Helton so delusional that he actually believes what he's saying? Does he even realize what is going on? Um, So, yeah, what do you think about that, Coach? Because sometimes, I think his, I, I thought his press conference after signing day, and I asked the first question for that, I thought it was cringeworthy. And after the the holiday bowl, same sort of thing where he comes out like thanking Iowa fans. And just, it just seemed like not being able to capture what really was going on and just trying to show everyone the bright side of everything where, and it, I, I think it gets you in trouble sometimes. And I think it's happened the last couple of press conferences for Clay Helton coach.
0: Uh, and I agree with you. You know, I think he's too nice at times and always complimenting people and, afraid to get on somebody himself as well as the coaches and players and so on and people don't care about how nice the Iowa people are. Couldn't give a damn. Yeah. Or this and that and so on and his great recruiting year, you know, I heard that and I said, What are you talking about? <laughs> it's absolutely embarrassing. Come on, coach. I mean you look like a fool when you say that.
3: Yeah.
0: I think he's I think you know, it's best to say, well we weren't able to recruit the kids we went after So we did the best job we could, and we hope that next year we can do better. And we got another signing period coming up. We hope we can improve on it, but we got what we got, and we're going to go with it. Don't BS anybody. Yeah. But you know, I mean, we fulfilled our needs, and I told you earlier about what his needs, I, I believe, was when you get all these offensive linemen that size and so on that nobody else hardly recruited. I mean, I've talked to coaches that say, I don't know why they took him or whatever. Nothing against the kids. I'd go to USC too if I got a scholarship. But you know, you're right. He he is just too nice, and and I think that goes. You know, when he gets mad, and I see him get mad, I don't believe it's really him. I think it's someone else getting mad because he's supposed to get mad. Yeah. And, uh, and and uh, you know, sometimes you know you need to not be nice all the time. You need to let the the press know the truth. And your players know the truth. And your assistant coaches know the truth. And he's one that Rooney really doesn't have a uh, that personality in him anywhere. And I think people are seeing through that now. And I think Coach has got to, you know, like I told you before, and for you that have been listening for a long time, you got to have a couple of angry people on your staff to take care of that side of you if you don't have it. Yeah. And well, Co- he doesn't have that on his staff.
2: No. Uh, coach, have you ever – as a you're a head coach, get your 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 team gets its ass kicked, and the first words out of your mouth in the press conference are you thanking the Iowa fans for you know the opponents fans for making the 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 environment in the stadium great? Like what? I I, I just don't know what was going on. That that was just so strange. Well, he didn't know what to
0: say. That's why he didn't know what to say. So he thought he'd say that, and not knowing that it's he going to go be worse rather than say, hey, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to start this press conference by telling you we were unprepared. we made many mistakes. Uh, We saw we lost our quarterback, but that isn't an excuse. We would have lost anyway because we just didn't play our football game and we're going to have to improve ourselves or obviously I'm not going to be around long. Just admit it that I'm not going to be around long. And people want to hear the truth. I think people want to hear the truth now. And right now I agree. I don't know if they're lying to a people, but I don't think he knows how to say those things. Yeah, I don't think he's prepared to call a player in his office and shut the door and say, I want to tell you something, son, and I won't say it on the air. Okay. <laughs> I just want to talk to you a minute, son, and get your eyes off, take your hat off and look at me in the eyes. I want you to get this. And when we're through with this conversation, we're going to pick up the phone and call your mother. And, We're going to tell her the same thing I just told you so she understands that I told you this before it happens, okay? And I don't know if he has that in him. And I don't know if the players would believe it if he talked to him like that. But he's not that. That's not him. Or if he told you, hey, Ryan, I'm not answering that question. It's none of your business what I think about this. You'd say, oh, my gosh, I better be careful the next time I ask him a question. (laughs) I know you would. Yeah. Uh, I know you would, because also, you know, and what are you going to say that you're not saying now? Nothing. He just jumped on me. Okay. What are you going to say? Nothing about it. And Maybe he'll never ask you again. Maybe when you raise your hand, he'll never look at you again or answer a question again. Okay? So, you know, these are the type of things, and I'm not saying do that all the time. I'm saying you've got to have the respect of the media. You've got to have the respect of your players. you got to have the respect of the fans you got to be respected by people everywhere. You don't have to be loved and liked, but they judge you by success. And that's something that, you know, I'm not sure he understands that.
2: Yeah. Uh, we, had, we had an email from uh, Hugo, and he's 12 years old. He's a young, aspiring sports broadcaster. He says he listens to the show with his dad. Go Trojans! Uh, so he, he was, uh, he really likes the show. So Hugo, thanks so much. And to your dad for listening to the Parastyle podcast. He actually sent a video of him doing a little commentary. It was really good. We can't, we can't show this here because this is a podcast, but, um, nice job, Hugo. Thanks for sending the video. It was cool to check it out and we'll, uh, follow your career. Hopefully you, uh, get some good gigs going forward. Keep studying, keep, uh, doing your own blogs and stuff like you're doing. I think you'll do great. And then we got one last question for you, coach. It's a voicemail. Here you go.
4: Hey, Ryan, it's uh, Don from Chicago. And uh, listen, I just have one question to ask you and uh, Coach Hyde, if he's there. And it's really the only question SC fans really want to know. Is there any possibility that Clay Hilton gets fired before the beginning of next season? Because that's really the only thing that's going to turn this program around. You know it. Coach knows it. I know it. Everybody else seems to know it. Is there any chance of that, of him getting fired? Because otherwise, we might as well just turn the lights out. Don from Chicago, thanks again for everything you do, Ryan, and company. You guys are phenomenal.
0: Well, I'm glad you said it, not me, okay? But uh, will it happen? No. Won't happen because they don't know how to fix it, okay? They thought fixing it now is releasing two coaches and one getting another job. And uh, as you say, uh, who are you going to get to be an assistant coach? Who's going to come in and change the, the momentum of the feeling of the football program? And again, how many coaches have they changed? Players are getting tired of playing for different coaches. One coach after the next, after the next. Different coaches that recruited them are gone. So there's inconsistency there within the program. And uh, I think it's chaos, personally. So I don't know what's going to happen. We'll have to wait. What's going to happen? I think that it could have happened if they didn't let those coaches go. But normally, you do it all at one time if you're going to do it, okay? And uh, that would include Graham Harrell. You don't you don't tell a new coach we're keeping him because we just signed him to a new contract. And the only way you get a great football coach is you give him the opportunity to do everything himself. Like I said, but the secretaries. To the janitors, custodians, to everybody, people who line the field, he's in charge of it all with his director of football operations. and, uh, and you give him the golden key. And uh, he understands what, it's, what it takes and what it's about to play in big games because he's been there before, and that's, that, that's my answer to that.:
2: All right, coach. yeah, it's just we, I mean, it's just a common theme you are essentially rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. You need to, if you want to change the culture, if you want to change the direction, this, you can't keep doing this. The one thing is you're making changes too late. You needed to make changes after 2017. Clay Helton looked at it as a very positive that they won the PAC 12. And that means you're setting your expectations too low because you looked at how did USC play against Notre Dame? How did they play against Ohio state? That shouldn't be good enough just because you have the Pac-12 championship. And I think that's one of those things where the optimism hurt Clay Helton. He's like, we won the Pac-12. It's like, well, yeah, but against the teams you want to – the measuring stick teams, you got your butt kicked. So you should have made changes. They stand, they stood pat. At least get rid of Neil Calloway at that point. You got rid of Neil Calloway a year too late. You got a new offense and stuff a year too late. Now you're getting special teams and defense. You know, a defensive coordinator moving them on a year too late. You can't keep doing this. late. at this point, it's at. You got to look at the top. It's been that way, and I think a lot of it's been the incompetence around Clay Helton. I don't blame Clay Helton. I don't think he's doing a, I mean, I think he's trying, but you don't. You know, you could get a a mediocre chef into a restaurant, and if it's a five star restaurant, and you get a chef from like Burger King or whatever. I, I don't know if that's the greatest analogy, but you're getting you're putting someone in a position where they're. You know, if they're not doing well it's not necessarily their fault. You put them in a position that they, they weren't qualified for. And Clay Heldon wasn't qualified to be the head coach when he was named it. We've seen those results. Um, so at this point, Coach, it's until there's a change at the head coach, I agree with Don. I just don't know what you can expect.
0: Well, we'll see what happens. And as I said to uh, Mike Bowen, I'd like to hear from him on his thoughts and uh, have him uh, tell us what his thoughts are on hiring of coaches and so on instead of having a coach that can run the football program. And until uh, some of these things are corrected and people understand what's wrong with the football program, they can never correct it. I think that's the best way to, to answer this to, and, and end this, end this uh, podcast.
2: Yes, all right. Well, that's the coach, Harvey Hyde. Uh, big show. Man, we went well over an hour, so. uh Yeah. Sorry, Coach. It's on a Sunday. we we got to work on Sundays. Working on the weekends. But um, a lot of questions. So thanks for everyone to sending those in. And thank you, Coach, for patiently going through them all.
0: Well, thank you very much. And for everybody out there, I want to say Happy New Year to you. If you can have one, shake it off, uh, buckle up out there, and uh, we'll be back with you next week. So Happy New Year, everyone.
2: Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Parastyle Podcast, and we will talk to you next time.